Episode 183 of the PJ Archive comprises interviews I did with four actors from the enormously successful British film musical Oliver. The brilliant composer and lyricist Lionel Bart based his masterpiece Oliver on Charles Dickens' classic novel Oliver Twist with great songs such as Consider Yourself, As Long As He Needs Me, I'd Do Anything and Who Will Buy. Oliver started as a stage show in 1960 and when the spectacular movie version was released in 1968 it won six Oscars and two Golden Globes. Directed by Sir Carol Reed, the cast included Ron Moody as Fagin, Shaney Wallace as Nancy, Oliver Reed as Bill Sykes, Harry Seacombe as Mr Bumble, Leonard Rossiter as Mr Sowerbury, Jack Wilde as the Artful Dodger, and Mark Lester in the title role. The first of my cast interviews is with Kenneth Cranham, who played Noah Claypole, young apprentice to the undertaker Mr Sowerbury, to whom Oliver gets sold by Mr Bumble. Kenneth went on to become a distinguished actor of stage and screen, and I talked to him in 2017. Fantastic to have made your movie debut in Oliver. Did you realise at the time it would be a classic? Well, let me tell you. While I was doing that in the day, I was doing Joe Orton's Loot in the West End of Night. So they had to get me from Shepparton back to the theatre to be in the show. And they always take the piss on film. So they would say, yeah, yeah, it's fine. They don't yeah. Yeah. You know, the film is what's important mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. and Bert Bat, you know, a very military first assistant. And I ended up being driven from Shepparton back to the theatre in costume, right. in, in the Noah Claypole costume, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting into the theatre, taking it off, putting on the suit and going on stage. And we had no mobiles, yeah. you know, so the whole thing was completely hairy. Mm-hmm. Leonard Roster and Harry Seacombe were in the yeah, scene. And, and, um, How were they? Well, Harry Seacombe, possibly because of being with Peter Sellers was it had a wonderful camera because he was in Boone Show and Peter Sellers famously was a, a camera nut. Yes. And he took this beautiful picture of, of me as Noah Claypole, which I'm so pleased to have. Oh. She had one that I've got. It's a really fantastic right. portrait. Yeah. And uh, he sent it to me very kindly. He was a very nice man. Yeah. Very nice man. Yeah. And uh, he had a little entourage with him, a little bunch of retired old geezers who <laughs> came and sat with him. Yeah. Glass of filming. Yeah, glass of water, Harry. Really? Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to do things. You know, there's a, you know... He was a big star, wasn't he? Well, no, um, when actors get to yeah. a certain status, they, they, they have a driver that they prefer, yeah. who, they, who they... Or yeah. um, Michael Caine, he's got a stand-in that he always yeah. uses, partly because he's the same height as he is yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, you know. And so whenever I see the stand-in in Chapel Street Market, yeah. I know that Michael's working, I know that he'll be working, <laughs> you see. <laughs> and Leonard Rossiter? Leonard Rossiter, he was... I went to see him in um, Artura Ui. I mean, we, we became friends, but he was terrified of Hilda Baker. The second of my interviews with members of the cast of the movie musical Oliver is with Mark Lester, who at just eight years old landed the coveted part of Oliver Twist himself. Mark enjoyed international success in his early life, but at 20 gave up acting and went on to become an osteopath. I spoke to him in 2022. 
Of all the other kids who went up for Oliver, were any future stars among them? I don't know, because they would have been from Corona or Barbara Speak or Italia Conti. I think, oh yeah, I think Phil Collins, his mum used to run Barbara Speak school. So Phil was, before he was in Genesis, he would have been at Barbara Speak, he would have been acting a bit. I think he played the Artful Dodger actually on stage. Yes, he did, yes. Are we allowed to know how much you got paid for being Oliver? God knows. I mean, I don't think it was very much. I think it was like 50 quid a week or something. To think how much money that film has made. <laughs> I know, exactly. I didn't write the music, unfortunately, otherwise I wouldn't be <laughs> needing to work ever again. No, quite so. And of all the other kids who worked on Oliver, how did they react to you? Or were you and Jack Wilde kept separate from them? No, no, we weren't kept separate. We were all mucked in together. Did you become friends with them much? I know you became mates with Jack. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we, uh, I, mean I don't you know, call them every day, but yeah, I've still got contacts or friends who were uh, in Fagin's gang. And, you know... We bump into each other occasionally, that old, good old natter. <laughs> How did you feel about the fact that your singing voice had to be helped by a woman? Didn't bother me in the slightest. I mean, I couldn't hit high notes, I couldn't hit the high notes. So, I think it was John Green, the music guy, his daughter, I think, sort of blended in with my voice and uh, helped me to get to the high notes. Did you meet her? I'm not sure, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I might have done. When you were working on Oliver, how clearly could you tell it would become a masterpiece? I had no idea until much later that uh, it was going to be such a huge success. You did work on it for two years, so it was likely it was going to be a pretty strong product at the end, right? Yeah, but I was a ten-year-old kid, you know, you more interested in watching the man from uncle and uh, <laughs> climbing trees than, than the next sort of huge film success and what's your favorite scene and or song from the film i've always liked who will buy it's because of the construction of the set which was something absolutely phenomenal the whole of bloomsbury square is recreated in shepherd studios and it was absolutely something, like it was an absolute work of art. And I was singing out the window, but I was actually standing on a crane. Of course, you don't see that. You just see the boy at the window singing Google Buy or listening to the other people sing. So that was, that was quite a special. Why were you on a crane? Because it was a false wall. Yeah, it was, only, it was held up by planks of wood at the back. Yeah. And, and is that your favourite song as well, Who Will Buy? No, I don't think so. I think I like Ron's one, Reviewing the Situation. I think that's, uh, that's my favourite one, yeah. What do you remember of Lionel Bart? Not much, because um, they banned him from coming on the set. Why? He was too much of a liability. I do remember him coming on once on the set, but uh, he was sort of ushered through and... Uh, he didn't hang around for very long, so I don't think they wanted him around. Because of what? I don't know. I mean, I was only a kid at the time. I guess maybe he was 
did he take drugs or something? I don't know. Yes, he did. He famously did, yeah. Uh, well, maybe maybe he was a bit of a liability, but to my knowledge, I only saw him on the set once. And Leonard Rossiter, what do you remember of him? Oh, Leonard. Actually, I've just done a thing for National Treasures on Leonard, which will be on the Channel 4, I think. What do I remember of Leonard? Yeah, no, nice man. Quite quiet, very professional. And Harry Seacombe, one imagines he was adorable. Harry was lovely. He was he like a cuddly teddy bear, like a giant teddy bear. He was great. He was, he was lovely. He was an incredibly nice man. When Oliver was released, your life changed dramatically. How prepared were you for that, and how did you feel about that? Well, again, I was like a 10-year-old kid, so I was being flown all over the place and visiting countries that I probably never would have got to otherwise, and uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Oliver is what you're best known for, but what do you think was your best work as an actor? I don't know. Um really thought about it. Probably Oliver, I guess. Yeah, well, what do you enjoy watching most when you do see them, though? I mean, like Black Beauty or something like that, or Melody? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen them for, like, years. I don't know. You worked with some great stars. Who had the biggest impact on you, whether good or bad? Probably Oliver Reed. Explain. Well, Ollie, we worked together twice. Once in Oliver and uh, lastly in the Princess Porter. And Ollie was just, uh, well, he was a nutter. But I would say he was, I've never sort of been in the presence of someone who was truly a hellraiser. But I must say, <laughs> Oliver Reed definitely was. And I went on a couple of, because I was a lot younger, and I was only like 17 years, 18, 17, when I was in uh, Princess Porter. So I didn't really, and I don't really drink very much. Not to that level, anyway. So he had his own sort of little group of people. But I do remember that he was always getting into trouble and the producers were always having to go down to the local prison and uh, bail him out <laughs> to get into fights and things. This is when he did The Prince and the Pauper or when he did Oliver? Well, on Oliver, I don't... No, I don't think he, he was as rowdy then. I don't yeah. think he was as well-known. I think it was No, it was on Prince and the Pauper. Is the old story about him buying you a prostitute for your birthday true? Yes, yeah. I was, it was my 18th birthday and um, the soul kind who produced the film had made on this massive great tart uh, dinner for me in the hotel. And uh, Ollie turned up and he was absolutely blind drunk. And he opened the door to this sort of dining room and he had this prostitute on his arm who looked absolutely horrified she didn't know what was going on <laughs> and uh, my girlfriend was there at the time so we we laughed about it but uh, yeah it was badly timed yeah presumably you didn't go with the prostitute then because you were with your girlfriend right well quite yeah I mean we could have had a threesome I suppose but it didn't happen <laughs> well what do people say to you or ask you when they recognise you usually can I have a selfie. Now everyone's got these cameras on their phones, haven't they? That's one thing. They ask me about what was it like, you know, being in Oliver, etc, etc. Yeah. And how often have you been plagued by the catchphrase, as it were, please, sir, I want some more? Oh, well, that will come up from time to time. But, you know, it's, it's a famous line and uh, makes me smile. So. 
I wonder if perhaps you'd been abroad on holiday at a buffet or something and somebody sidled up to you and said that to you or something. Have you ever had any really funny moments when it was said to you? It has been said, you're right. I mean, uh, in some uh, places, um, I'm just trying to think of the most bizarre places. I think I was on a chairlift once in, in Whistler in Canada skiing and um, I think I was sitting next to someone and we were having a chat and it turned out that they lived round the corner from me and then, because we're all wearing ski gear, you can't see faces. He went, oh, I know you. And he said, oh, you're the Oliver boat. <laughs> and he, I think he started either singing songs or something. Oh. Anyway, I was quite glad to get off the chairlift. So, yeah. <laughs> and do you still get royalties from Oliver, another acting work? No, not from Oliver. I occasionally get a cheque from Equity for like 30 quid or something for something I've done in the past. Yeah. Now, our mutual friend, Shaney Wallace, is currently putting the finishing touches to her autobiography. Uh, how likely are you to write an autobiography? Well, good question. I've been approached a few times to do it, but I don't know. I mean, the thing is, well, I did sit down with someone, and it's a friend of mine, and she's, well, she's actually a lawyer, but um, wants to get into writing. And, we, and I, I said, I just don't think I've got anything to say. Wow. And after about an hour of talking, I found out I had so much to say that yeah. it probably couldn't even be covered in one book. <laughs> so might you still do one? Who knows? I mean, I'd have to sit down with someone and have to ghost it because I, I, would, I wouldn't have the time or the patience to do it. I mean, you really have had an extremely interesting life and hopefully you've got many decades to come. I mean, do you think a film of your life, perhaps? <laughs> I don't know. Would anyone really be that interested? Well, who knows? If you could go back to the start of your life, knowing what you do now, what would you do differently? I probably would have bought Microsoft shares. Hmm. No, seriously, um, what would I have done? Yeah, maybe I would have been a bit more careful with uh, the outlaying, splashing the cash that much, but um, I enjoyed it at the time. I mean, how many 19-year-olds drive around in a Ferrari, for God's sake? That was great. What do you want to achieve with the rest of your life? Keep on working for as long as I can. Yeah. But I enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I, I love travelling as well. Perhaps one sort of acting comeback would be nice. Well, who knows? I mean, never say never. I mean, I'm not holding my breath. But, you know, if something came along that was interesting, then, yeah, I mean, I'd certainly, you know, give it a go. It'd have to be something really worth doing yeah and as and when you do leave this planet how do you want people to remember you <laughs> hopefully in a, in, a, in a nice way rather than in a, in a bad way so i don't know everyone i guess has a has fond memories of oliver so maybe as one of the songs or something how strange is it that you're in your mid-60s and people like me still want to go on about oliver something you did when you were only eight, nine, ten. Yeah, that's right. I know, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's a kind of a timeless piece, I guess. I don't think you could make a film like that anymore because, I mean, everything is now CGI. And when you look at all those dancers on the screen, they were all people. They weren't sort of magnified and chopped up and then replicated. They, they were each, everyone was a dancer. And the choreography on that was 
unbelievable. Yes. Did you see Spielberg's remake of West Side Story? Yes. And what did you think? I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Funny enough, West Side Story is my, my favourite musical. I love West Side Story. It's, I just love it. It's great. Spielberg is, is a genius anyway, and I, I just wanted to think, why would you do that? But, I mean, the scene on the um, balcony was so good. It, it was just unbelievable. I, mean, I think dancing was superb. The actors who were acting as well as being incredible dancers, I mean, it, I, it was brilliant. I just wondered if somebody like Spielberg was to say, I want to do Oliver now, how would you feel about that? <laughs> well, if he did it as well as uh, he did West Side Story, then go for it. Yeah. Would you like a little cameo, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I could, be the un I could be the Undertaker, couldn't I? <laughs> Or the Beagle or something. Yes, but you have to have a hell of a singing voice for that one, Mr. Bumble. Well, this is, this is true, yes, that's where it probably all fall down. My third Oliver Starr interview is with the US-based British actress and singer Shaney Wallace, who was wonderful as Nancy, the big-hearted but abused girlfriend of Bill Sykes. Before and after Oliver, Shaney did great work in concerts, theatre, television and film. I caught up with her in 2017. Out of all the people that wanted that role, I mean, Elizabeth Taylor wanted it and God knows who else, we all had to do the same thing. We all had to have a screen test, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember something very funny. Because John Moore said to me, can you do a, can you do a Cockney accent? And I felt like saying to him, that's where I come from, which is the truth. That's where I do come, you know. I was a Cockney. But anyway, that was funny. He said, well, I, I've got to have some records of you doing, doing a, a Cockney accent. I thought, well, I'll pass that easily. It, it took a long time, a long time to get that role. It did. And I, I had to do a test the same as everybody else. And I had to go to London for it, and I had to do Cockney, you know, a test for that. And uh, I knew that everybody else had to be tested as well, mm -hmm. you know. I don't know whether Elizabeth did a test for it. I never ever found out how many people tested for it. I'd love to see my test. Yeah, I read that I'm Shirley sure Bassey was considered as well, but they didn't want a black Nancy. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think she put that in the book. She wanted it, right? And didn't she put that in her book? Somebody told me. Look, they wanted, for the first time... They wanted an actress who could sing rather than a singer who could act. Yeah. That was the big deal. That was really because in Paint Your Wagon, uh, Josh Logan wanted me to play the, the lead in Paint Your Wagon with yeah. Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood. And they went with Gene Seberg. They took Gene Seberg and said, and she doesn't sing a note. And, and neither did the other the guys much. Yeah. So how can you have a successful. I think the acting is very important today. Mm -hmm. I do. Yep. I don't know whether it is now. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm old in the tooth, so I don't know what's going on. Because all the shows, all the films have changed now. And the most of them are all, I mean, may I say this, that I really didn't like La La Land. I thought it was the worst thing I'd ever <clears> seen. And I'd had people saying to me, oh, this is out of this world and all that stuff. I yeah. don't know. Mm. So I, I say to myself, Shane, you've changed. I've changed. 
I, I'm 50 years later, yeah. so I don't know anymore. Mm-hmm. I just know that when I was, when that moment in time happened for me, mm-hmm. they were looking for the reverse. They yeah. wanted an actress who could sing. And I think that that was right. I think it was right. So there was a lot of people that wanted that role. I don't think Elizabeth, you know, Elizabeth was an actress, mm-hmm. but I don't think she could have sung it. I don't know. How did Oliver Reed react to you? Because he was presumably a shoe-in for that role. Was he pleased to have you? Did he make friends with you? Did he make an effort with you? No. Oh, no. He was a, a pisser. All he wanted was to go through every girl in the in the chorus. I mean, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be saying these things. But, I mean, he was... He, he, not, he wasn't exactly... He, he was... But he was nice. No, he was nice. Did he try it on with you? No. Oh, God, no. I was married. Well. I was, well. I doesn't mean, always stop that makes much difference, but... No, I mean, he was, he was acting opposite <laughs> me, and, uh, and Bernie was very much... I mean, you know, no, I wasn't married. Bernie asked me to marry him, but Bernie was with me. Bernie was with me. Although Oliver Reed was a bit of a... a, a sort of an outsider, if you like. He was um, the dramatic actor. So, and, and Sir Parnas as being a little bit below him. Well, did he not mix with you off the set then? Not much. Love ladies, you know. I mean, he was into the, all the ladies, wasn't he? But in any case, I don't think he was in the least bit interested in me. The thing is, is that he liked all the ladies. But, I mean, that's nothing new about, about Oliver Reed, is it? No, but he also liked a bit of a booze, didn't he? Oh, God. Was he sloshed when you were making Oliver? No. I mean, no. I never remember that. I was too busy, you know, really working hard and trying to do my best. I didn't have very much to do with him, and that's the truth. I didn't. We didn't have much to say to one another. I think that was probably good for the role and everything, because after all, he did have to bash me around a bit. He, he, he kept to himself quite a bit, but I think he was, uh, it was all to do with the role. I remember the very first scene that he did on set was where he smacks his hand down, you know, yeah. and says, three days since we have lost this young boy, we got a fight. You know, it's a mm. very dramatic scene. And I suppose it being the very first thing, he had to do it over so many times, he, he lost his voice, <laughs> you know, that was... But he was very into being the role, yeah. and I think it suited him mm. tremendously. Yeah. I don't know what you think, but I think he did oh, yeah. very well. It was a perfect cast, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, really. It, it, it was. What happened to the dog? Oh, God. Bullseye. That dog, oh, you know, when I get to the end and do, it's a fine, fine life. Well, at the, uh, that last note, Oliver Reed and Bill Sykes are supposed to walk away down that moat, you know, and yes. and, 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 the, and the dog is supposed to follow him. Well, I had to do that over and over and over again because the damn dog wouldn't follow that. Put bits of bacon on the, <laughs> behind all the, the, the barrels and everything <laughs> so he would go and pick them up and walk that way, you know, so he smelled them. I must have done that last little bit about 20 times. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they really roughed him up, you know, with the, with the makeup and stuff. I mean, he was a very odd-looking dog. Years ago, I interviewed Lionel Bart, and that was a oh, real yeah. pleasure. And I've interviewed uh, Mark Lester over the years. And um... well, he was here having dinner with us one night, not very long ago, maybe okay. a year. 
Yes. Was he overseeing Michael Jackson, his friend? Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, I've never met Michael, but he said that Oliver was always his favourite movie, and I think that was because of all the kids that were in it. You know? <laughs> but he, he's a nice young man. I mean, he's a, a, a chiropractor and a doctor, or whatever you call him. And uh, we had long chats, and he had a nice time over here. And, of course, we did that reunion. You know, we did a reunion. Jack Wilde was just unbelievable. I mean, he was so sweet. He's a sweet, gentle, wonderful guy. And I couldn't face it. When I heard that he was gone, I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't face it. I couldn't mm. write. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was like, like a zombie about it. I, it upset me terribly. And I kept it all inside and I didn't call anybody. And it's still hard for me to sort of face it. Because he was too young. He was too young, and he was very sweet. And I remember, you know, when I said goodbye to him, there were tears in my eyes, because he was then, he'd, you know, he'd had been the old man. And he said, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. He said, I, I just wouldn't have missed it. And I, and I hugged him, and he was great. It was a great reunion. It was a great feeling. And Ron, of course, I've just had a... Oh, he's so funny. I just had a card from Ron. So we write to each other every year, you know. Oh, yes. We, we are very close. The fourth and final of my Oliver cast interviews is with Ron Moody, who will always be best remembered for his brilliant portrayal of Fagin, which won him a whole host of top awards. Ron had an outstanding career and died at the age of 91 in 2015. My interview with him took place in 2010. What do you make of these, all these popular audition shows we have on the television? You mean Andrew Lloyd? I mean the ones where they cast the show. Yeah, what do you reckon to that then? I think it stinks. Why? Because it's a public exhibition of people's incapacity, of people being stretched, of people being forced to expose their weak side in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Nobody does a good job in in an audition. So they, they weren't genuine anyway. They were highly rehearsed, professionally rehearsed performances. And it was just an attempt to make capital out of that kind of... It's a specialised kind of... Um, format? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a format. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word that means it's um, unfair. Right. Because it's not genuine. It's not really an audition. Right. And if it was, it wouldn't be quite so... They get better and better, don't they? So and in d- fact, the performances become totally professional and excellent. I don't like the whole concept of it. Because they did one for Oliver, didn't they? I um, know. And what did you think of that? Did you uh, object? I didn't look at it. Really? Why? I couldn't bring myself to look at it. Hmm. They asked me to come along and take the boys through a rehearsal of, of a pick a pocket or something. Yeah. And I said, no, I don't want to be involved. I don't want anything to do with it. Really? And I just didn't like it. I don't like the idea. Putting people through pain on public, you know, these kids saying, I want this job, I need this job, practically mm. crying onto the TV. Yeah. That's dreadful. An audition should be totally <coughs> private because it's an exposure of one's weakness. And I always think that I'll never get a job as an, on audition, although I have done. Mm. But um, you haven't had time to really look, if you're a character actor anyway, haven't had time to look at the character, to develop it, 
to present something worthwhile, hmm. you're just thrown into the arena and you're supposed to let the lions come and chew your belly button. Hmm. But um, not for me. When did you last appear in Oliver in any kind of form? Well, strangely enough, it wasn't that long ago. On the, they asked me to come along on the 50th anniversary of Oliver. Right. They had a special um, evening. I came on at the end of the show, in the, the middle of the chorus, and um, made a, sh a speech about how marvellous it was to see a show sustained for 50 years. And for that, you've got to give the credit to Cameron McIntosh, who, yeah. who kept the show going, and it could have just faded away. But it's a very viable proposition now still, isn't it? It's still oh, yeah. going strong. And I think that's marvellous, and it was a great tribute to Bart that his work was allowed to go on for so long. But there's been quite a few celebrities playing the part of Fagin in recent years. Yeah. How have you felt about that? What could I feel about it? nothing to do with me since it's a classical musical now yeah it's a bit like who's going to play richard the third next no one's ever going to surpass Laurence olivier yeah. who was the greatest richard i've ever seen whatever the tricks they may use they can't beat the great master i feel the same way about that as i do about oliver good luck to them they all want to do their own thing yes but eventually they come back to the same the basic thing which I discovered, which I introduced, and that is that Fagin is a clown. I've developed this idea that the showing, showing how the clown grew and how the, the the character grew in the book that I've just written. Yes, indeed, yeah. Which I think makes it very useful for um, amateurs that do it. You know, they keep telling me. I get people saying, I, I, I was cast as Fagin in Oliver. I think, oh, marvellous, jolly good. <laughs> They're so proud of it. Well, we've had Especially people... when it's a little girl that says it. <laughs> a little girl with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had people like Rowan Atkinson and Griff jones and Omid Jalili playing. Have you seen any of their performances? And... I don't want to get drawn into that because oh, okay. I, I, my opinion is obviously very loaded and um, I'm afraid I haven't seen any that, um, in my opinion, mm. are on the right track. Do you think that you will ever play him again in any way? If I was offered it, I think I would, just, just as a sort of a, a farewell, what do you call it, you know? Swan song. Yeah. Mm. And do but, you... um, I, I don't really want to, not anymore. How do you feel about the fact that people so associate you with one particular role like that. Is that a, a, a disadvantage to you as an actor, do you think? Well, it may be in the eyes of casting people, but um, it's no disadvantage to me when I'm not working. And, and it, I've got used to it now. You know, they say, oh, i would never be another one like you, mate. You know, you, you're hmm. the best and all that. Yeah. Which is nice, even if it's only about one thing. Yeah. It's nice to have done one good thing, although, in fact, I've done other things which I think of better like what was, well i did a one-man show um a few years ago which got the, the biggest raves i've ever had move along sideways mm -hmm. and um i'm just as proud of that as i am of oliver mm. and the 12 chairs was a very clever piece of film do you still watch the film oliver when it comes on the tv not if i can help it why <laughs> I've seen it, for Christ's sake. How many times do you think you've seen it? 
I haven't got any idea. You know, I used to have to go and see it when it was being promoted up front. Mm. Have to sit through the whole film and and watch. The, well, you get different reactions, but um, that was good though, because there was a, a marvelous air of um, achievement of of happiness about the whole thing. Yeah, I think the greatest time I ever saw the film and sat in the audience was at the Kremlin. Oh, really? Yeah, when I went, we went to Moscow to, um, for a film festival. Right. And Oliver not only won the best, the best film, but I got the best actor award. But that doesn't sort of, that's not shown at the same time as they show the Oscars. It's the Russian Oscar, you know, and the cheers. And when I came out of the Kremlin Theatre, into the um, outside, it was packed solid with people standing, waiting. And when I came in, the crowd parted like the Red Sea, and a great applause came up, huge hmm. applause. It was quite, you know, an, an astonishing feeling. Yeah. We look at the film as being perfect. The most, is there anything about the film that you have your reservations about? Yeah, I'd like to do an awful lot of it again. Why? Now, because it's, it, I can see where it wasn't good enough. Really? In Could which... improve, improve it a lot. Any bit in particular? No, dotted all through. Really? The only thing I was really pleased with uh, was the um, dancing and the singing. Yeah. The numbers, I think. I wouldn't want to tamper with them. They're pretty good. Is there any uh, secrets about the film that have never been divulged? I don't know. I wasn't there, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was an absolute joy all the way along. Yeah. Mostly, I think, because the um, a fish goes bad from the head. I don't know if you've ever heard that. And um, this fish that was the head of of uh, Oliver mm. was a very superb fish. And um, people like Carol Reed and John Wolfe were such marvellous people to work with. The film had to be enjoyable. What about Oliver Reed? Was he good to work with? Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's a big kid. He likes to torment people. Yeah. He's a joker. And in fact, he said that after he'd been working with me, he started collecting clowns' paintings. Mark Lester, did you hope that he would go on to be a successful adult actor as well? Well, I didn't hope it. I, I, I don't have any sort of reason to decide on another person's career. Sure. And he did do a few films, but then yeah. he seemed to lose interest... And um, became a chiropodist, wasn't it? No, osteopath, funny enough. Osteopath, yeah. 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 In yeah. fact, we're still in touch quite a lot. How often do you all get together? Rarely, very rarely. The last time they had it, about a year ago, they had a big get-together of all the... Shaney Wallace was flown over, and me and the boys. And it was so funny to see these 50-year-old men who were once the children in Oliver... We all looked at each other and we just couldn't believe it. <laughs> Do you feel a special bond between you all because you were part of something very special? Yeah, very very strong bond. Mm. It was quite a moving um, get-together, uh, seeing how people had developed. Some of them were pretty well off, actually. Mm. Some of them had done well in their careers. Not in acting. None of them stayed in acting. They all went into um, other jobs. Mm. Do you all still get royalties from the film? Not a sausage. Really? If you can chase that up, I'd be very grateful. You used to get the royalties on the music, but that's dried up. I don't know what happened there. 
They're still selling um, tapes of it, so I suppose there must be some income. Goodness. But, um, what is it, 50 years ago now, isn't it? No, 40. Have you got someone chasing it for you? No. You've just given up on it? He died. Dennis Ellinger, my agent. Oh, OK. He might have chased up on it, but... Um, well, there must be an awful lot of money due to you, I should think. I don't know. I'll have, have a check with equity. How well did you get to know Lionel Bart, and what was he like? He was great on the film because um, I think he went through a, such a surge of growth, of fame. When the show was you know, first produced on stage, he suddenly became an international name. Zoom, and uh, had friends like, uh, you know, the great Noel Coward and that sort of thing. Mm. He was lionised and became very well thought of. In fact, he was a sort of, like stardom, really. Yes. Overnight star as a writer. And inevitably, it did affect him. He started to get a bit more arrogant, but not a lot. I mean, what the hell do you expect of people? Mm. He was basically, he, he, he got a bit more difficult and not so easy to work with. I, I left after a year, I'd had enough. But after, when they came to the film, he'd sobered up a lot. He'd become much more down to earth. And uh, I met him a few times and he was fine. Yeah, it's a great loss really, him and Jack Wilde. Oh, it's terrible. But then they're not the only ones. Yeah. Half, half of the company's gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Goodness. And do you feel a great personal sadness when, when they lose one of the cast? Of course, yeah. Mm. yeah. And you mentioned uh, some of Lionel's uh, very famous friends. Who did you get to meet as a result of starring in such a fantastic film? When I was nominated for an Oscar and went over to Los Angeles for the ceremony, I met all the big stars of my childhood. Right. Went to a lot of parties where... All these, you know, you name it, they were there. Incredible. It was like a dream come true. They were marvellous, some of them. Who Edward G. Robinson was, was an incredibly intelligent man, mm -hmm. always playing crooks and gangsters, but he was an art critic, and, and a, he, a, he dealt in art. Mm -hmm. And um, he said to me that he always wanted to play King Lear, but he never got offered it, never got the chance. Oh. Whereas... Um, Paul Muni right. was the was the arts artist right. achiever. Mm -hmm. He was the one that played all the the intelligent, in, incredibly clever parts and got all the awards. Do you mind the fact that of all the amazing work you've done, people do always still remember you best as Fagin? Does that annoy you? No, and I think it's inevitable because again, bringing up the book. Yes, <laughs> there is a whole sequence in the book where I describe how I brought together all these different trends that I'd been studying, like um, acting, singing, dancing, mime, all these things I'd given a lot of time and thought to, much more than I would have done as a student. And um, when they all came together in Oliver, it just happened to be a, a musical that brought together all these qualities. And that is why I think it it, it reached its sort of I reached my peak as an as an, a performer mm. in all aspects of the business, and um, it's hard to top it after that. If you've done, if you've got everything into it, 